Hi, and thanks for listening to In One Ear and Out the Other, a veterinary podcast for dairy farmers and their farm staff, brought to you by Anexa Vets. I'm Emma Franklin, one of the vets at Anexa, and throughout this podcast series, I'm chatting with other vets and some dairy farmers about a whole range of different animal health topics that can affect dairy cows in New Zealand. I hope you enjoy. Today, I'm talking with Margaret Perry Hallam, who's one of our other vets at Alexa, who also deals a lot with dairy cows. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Emma. I want to talk to Margaret today about facial eczema. And facial eczema is a really nasty disease, so we see a lot of it in our dairy cows. You and I both had herds last season who had some really early outbreaks of facial eczema. We have had a really good conversation. You might have listened to our other podcast, Facial Eczema 101. On this episode, I want to talk to Margaret about some of the ideas that we commonly come across with our farmers and finding out do's and don'ts and myth busters around facial eczema. I'm sure our farmers are going to find this really useful. Thank you. Sounds good, Emma. Right. So first off, Margaret, I've heard people say to me, oh, I don't need to do anything about zinc because my animals don't get facial eczema. Yeah. In the Y keto, I would find that to be a pretty bold statement. In most herds, we definitely see signs of eczema, and that doesn't mean that we see those horrible peeling skin lesions. Sometimes it's secondary problems that we see like poor production or animals that just start to dry themselves off. So if you're not seeing skin lesions, you still may have eczema under the surface. If you wanted to know if there were any animals in your herd with facial eczema, what can you do to identify them? Taking a blood sample is really easy. So we take a blood test for something called GGT, which is an enzyme released from the liver when it's damaged. And if that's elevated, it gives us a clear indication that potentially facial eczema is at play. Okay. Right. Very good. Next one. At the end of the season, I would often hear somebody going, oh, well, we've had a frost now, so we can't have any more facial eczema spores. Yeah, so while that does help break the cycle, um, there will still be existing spores that are there in the pasture, and and those can still be toxic after a frost. So it might mean that the end of the season is near, um, but there'll still be spores that are there that the cattle will be able to ingest when they're grazing that sward. And once the spore has been created, the toxin is there, and the reality is we just do not know how long that spore remains toxic for once it's there. Yeah, that's right. What about calves don't suffer long-term effects? So we don't really have to worry about preventing calves from facial eczema with zinc because their liver recovers 100% and they'll be fine next season. The liver is an amazing organ. So I had a herd that had really bad eczema uh, and we had really high liver enzyme levels and then went back and tested them pre-calving and they had recovered really well. But in young stock, you've got to remember that they're growing during this period and it's a crucial time of growth. What happens in these affected animals uh, is that their weights will lag behind, especially at key time points like their pre-mating weight will lag behind and they also studies have shown when you followed these calves it takes them longer to get in calf so they already start on the back foot when they calve into the herd if they make it that far. Okay so there are really good reasons to make sure we're looking after the young stock as well as the milking herd. Correct yeah your young stock are your future so if we can protect them that's the best course of action. Okay brilliant. Now, what about for people who say that, oh, well, you know, spore counts, yeah, there's some spores around because I'm kind of keeping an eye on the updates, but they haven't spiked. They haven't gotten really high yet. So that means my cows won't have facial eczema. 
that's a, a risky statement to be making. Um, there can be really short, sharp bursts of exposure. So in my farm that had eczema very early in the season, so clinical eczema at the beginning of January, it was due to just a really sharp rise in the sporodesmin. So you've got to be watching those climatic conditions and not just expecting that things are going to be the same from day to day things can change very rapidly they can and they can change too not just over time but there can actually be also hot spots on farms yes so it, it can change from paddock to paddock that's very true and and most farmers will know based on the contour of the farm and sort of hedges and areas where you might have extra debris and leaf litter or decaying material there they'll know those areas i think it's probably also worth talking a little bit though about they don't actually have to ingest whopping great big numbers on a single day in order to suffer that liver damage no so what happens as the season rolls on is the chronic accumulation and prolonged exposure of these spores. So if you have spore counts only in sort of the 20 to 30,000, if that continues on week after week, and we might have a couple spikes here and there up to 60 or 80,000, even those prolonged experience to what we would call a moderate spore count can still lead to eczema damage in the cows. Yep. Okay. For people who are feeding lots of supplement, because we do know that feeding supplement or providing alternative feeding from the pasture that may contain spores, that is a good way of helping to reduce the spores that are being ingested by animals. Yeah, that's a great way, especially with young stock grazing crops like chicory. But it doesn't mean that we can ignore the zinc prevention completely. Correct. Because if they have access to pasture, and they're sort of doing on-off grazing of crops, they'll still be at risk. So if they're going onto the pasture and grazing that at different intervals, they'll still be a risk of ingesting those spores and getting a cumulative load of those spores in their system. So they can't not be without zinc during that period of time. They still need to be protected. And that'll also apply to those crops. The crop needs to be a 100% pure crop. It can't be a mixed crop in Cor the paddock. Correct, yep, so... Yeah, if it's just a, a chicory crop and they're on that for the entire period, um, potentially their risk would be much lower, but that's not the scenario on most of our farms. No, definitely not. Okay, let's think towards the later end of the season. We have a rule of thumb where we say that we don't want animals getting zinc for longer than 100 days. So if somebody gets to 1st of May, for example, and their stock have been having zinc for more than 100 days, should they stop? While it's a good rule of thumb, um, based on what are happening with spore counts in your area, or even more specifically, if you're one of our monitor farms, that's quite helpful. The best thing to probably do is to sit down with your vet and have a discussion with them and do sort of a risk assessment to come up with a plan specific to your farm. So I wouldn't start and stop just based on the dates on the calendar. Absolutely, because the risk of facial eczema, if the spore counts are high, is always going to be greater than the risk of zinc toxicity, even if animals have been having zinc for a long time. Correct. So we would hate to sort of take our eye off the mark right at the finish line. And unfortunately, you know, historically, I would say that we have seen a number of farms where, you know, everything is going pretty well for the season. And then suddenly, late April into May, we can have a, a flurry of clinical facial eczema on farm. Yeah, even last season when we had those early cases, we also had cases right at the end when supplementation had stopped, which was pretty devastating. It is devastating. 
Okay, so what about people who say that, well, the spore counts haven't gone really high yet, so I'm just going to go with half rates of zinc, and then they're kind of half protected. So using half rates of zinc is what we typically do to adjust the cows onto it. So that would be something that you would start um, at the beginning of your supplementation program. You wouldn't want to rely on that for protection. So you need to be up at full rates, and we like you to be up there for at least 10 days before a risk period so that the cows are fully protected. There's really no point, especially if you're doing trough treatment, to be doing half rates of zinc for trying to prevent facial eczema. No, you did mention that it's good at the beginning of the treatment period. And there are definitely reasons why we want to introduce zinc slowly over the first week or 10 days so that cows will both get used to the flavor of it. And also, we don't want to suddenly load in a pile of zinc into their system, which can cause secondary metabolic issues. So we could see milk fever cases, for example, if we suddenly put a lot of zinc into the system. But it's just being aware that until there are full rates of zinc and those blood levels go above the threshold, those cows are not protected against facial eczema. Correct. Yeah, we've got to be up at those full levels for protection. Okay. Another myth buster. We had a heavy rain. It's washed all the spores away. What do you think, Margaret? Heavy rain does help, but they wouldn't have washed all the spores away. So the risk might be slightly lower, but it doesn't, I mean, you'd have to be spore counting every single paddock on your farm to really know what's going on. So while it it might have washed a a few away or washed them deeper, having a spore count from your farm uh, was probably more valuable information than just relying on weather events. Right. Another myth that sometimes we hear, Margaret, a lot of our dairy farmers will send their young stock or their dry stock away grazing. Now, sometimes those are quite close by. And so our farmers are heavily involved in the day to day management of them. But sometimes those calves or heifers can be sent quite a way down the line. And when we ask our clients about what have you got in place to protect those animals against facial eczema, they kind of go, oh, oh, the grazier will sort it or The grazier says they don't get facial eczema. What would you say to your clients in this situation? Yeah, so this can be a real dangerous assumption that the grazier is going to sort it out. And also, I've been involved in situations where groups of heifers have moved from different geographic locations, even during facial eczema season. So your plan needs to be in place and you need to know the risk for the area that they're going to. And don't assume that the grazier is necessarily going to be able to sort it for you. They might be relying on you coming over and bulleting your own stock. We had a situation last year where the grazier told my farmer that he doesn't see facial eczema. We don't get facial eczema here. And, and this was in the Bay of Plenty. And, and I knew that there was a risk there. And unfortunately, by the time we got called in to bullet the stock, 30% of these yearlings already had clinical eczema lesions. So the best course of treatment, of course, was to get that zinc bullet in as fast as possible. But it was unfortunate that we got there too late. That is really rough because 30% with clinical means that you're going to have an awful lot more of those calves with liver disease that yeah. you won't even see. Yeah. So really, it's about having a plan early and making sure that there's really good communication between the farmer and the grazier to make sure everybody knows what's expected in terms of preventing that facial eczema. Yeah, we've got a better plan this year. The bullets are already ordered and we've booked ourselves out to go put them in um, in plenty of time to reduce the risk this year. So this year, we're not going to miss the boat. Fantastic. I'm going to leave it there, Margaret. That has been absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking through all of the do's and don'ts and myth busters around facial eczema. I'm sure our farmers are going to find this really useful. Thank you. 
Yeah, I hope they find it useful and hopefully we don't see the start to the facial eczema season that we did last year because that was pretty sad. It was very sad. Fingers crossed. So I'm just going to thank you guys all for listening to this episode of our podcast In One Ear and Out the Other. If you want to listen to our previous episodes from the last few months, then you can find them on our website at anexo.co.nz or wherever it is you get your podcasts from. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks.